Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Post Game Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. That's right. I'm a little thrown off doing that intro because uh, I, I don't know how to react. I don't know how to handle this. We had a game of basketball, a live game of basketball to watch this afternoon. Uh, it, it's been pretty unprecedented times in the sporting world the last few months, but today's result was. Very much precedented. The Bucks beat the Spurs 113-92 to in the first of three scrimmages before the season restarts. Frank, I'm just going to throw it to you straight away. You can start wherever you want. You can give any thoughts that you have at the top of your mind after watching this game. But the one thing I will say, it was pretty damn cool to watch some Bucks basketball. Yeah, I, it's weird because in many respects, you know, the, the fact that you've got all these games happening in one place I mean, the closest approximation of that is Vegas Summer League. Yeah. But, you know, you, the Bucks don't play with the starting lineup of Giannis, Chris Middleton, <laughs> Brooke Lopez, Weth Matthews, and, and Dante DiVincenzo in, in Vegas. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when the game starts, you look out there, obviously no Eric Bledsoe, so Dante, as we saw during the regular season, you know, Dante's always the fill-in starter, uh, it seemed, and no different here today. Good to see Eric Bledsoe. We did see him arriving in Orlando, uh, I guess it was yesterday. So that's, that's great to see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, I mean, again, a season of weird, never before experienced things. And here we are in a neutral site game with the Bucks wearing, you know, looking like the Bucks. you know, there's no, no summer league practice jerseys. <laughs> like they were in the regular uniforms. It's the regular guys you're used to seeing. And um, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, Giannis played what, 22 minutes or something like that. Um, it, it felt like he was in there more. I, I was kind of curious how much he was actually going to play. We've heard he's obviously not going to play much in these scrimmages. Um, so, I, I, you know, we knew he was going to play in this one. So, I, obviously, I think everybody wanted to watch because it was the first game. And we knew we were going to see the Bucks regulars to the extent everybody was healthy. So, uh, yeah, just strange on many levels. And um, I don't know. I didn't have the volume up for large, long stretches. Um, I was like had meetings at various points that I was watching the game while I was uh, maybe multitasking. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't get the full, um, you know, sort of game experience I was watching on my phone, but, um, I, that's obviously something that, you know, I, I'm sure we're all going to have to get adjusted to, uh, watching games in, in arenas without fans. Um, but I don't know that part probably didn't seem as strange to me. Um, cause again, I, I, I keep using summer league as a reference and, you know, like especially the small gym in, in uh, at uh, Thomas and Mac is like you know like a high school auditorium basically, and and this at least felt like a high tech arena because you had all the video boards and everything. Um, so even though there are no fans, I don't know, it, it didn't feel like it was you know just a scrimmage in a practice gym or something like that. So I, I don't know, it felt more like a real game than maybe I I imagined it might be. Um, but uh, 
you know, again, it's still just the first scrimmage. And, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't even want to talk about the performance at this point yet because there's obviously not a lot you can probably take from it. But I don't know. What, what, was, your, what was your reaction to sort of just the feel of um, an NBA basketball game again? Because this, this was NBA basketball. You know, the Spurs were missing a bunch of guys, but the Bucks. Uh, this was, you know, pretty close to, to uh, a Bucks team that, that you might see during a regular season game, uh, if not for the minutes being obviously uh, a bit curtailed. But uh, overall, I don't know, it's pretty cool to see NBA basketball back. And um, we can talk about Giannis and obviously performances in a minute. But, um, yeah, just, just kind of surreal to see basketball again. Yeah, I actually didn't watch any of the scrimmages uh, from yesterday, so prior to the Bucks playing, uh, mostly because I, I guess <laughs> I was busy doing other things and didn't want to watch these these glorified uh, preseason games. I guess even though we've we've missed basketball quite clearly, I wanted to just leave it until the Bucks played to watch this for the first time. So I think the one thing I will say from a presentation point of view, and I thought uh, first of all, Jim, it was obviously good to have Jim Bashke back on the call, but Zora Stevenson as well did I thought a, a really good job uh, in the analyst chair, but. Uh, I think from the video board's perspective, like I think it's fine. And, and maybe it's just the fact that I've been watching a lot of sport back in Australia that's been back playing and I'm already used to the fact that there's just going to be no crowds. It's kind of funny how quickly you adjust to something like that. So, I, you know, it's, it's definitely always going to be weird. But I will say that I think, as you sort of pointed to, you'll quickly just get over that and it'll be just part of the game. And you'll tune in and you'll watch Bucks basketball and it's obviously going to be better than a summer league game because all the stars are playing. So when you have a fun matchup, the matchup is still going to be fun. Uh, it's just a, a strange scenario altogether. The one thing I want to ask you, you mentioned the summer league aspect of this, albeit the stars were out there. Do you think Bud is going to pull out a suit for the regular season or you think he's rocking the polo the whole way through because he was looking very summer league out there on the sidelines? Yeah, I saw Doc River. I mean, I didn't, you know, there's so many aspects of this <laughs> that are going to be different. Um, yeah. And, coach's attire wasn't something obviously that I've been thinking a whole lot about but uh I did I did see Doc Rivers sort of you know being excited when asked about this and saying you know hey he may want he may wear a suit for game seven of the finals but he was very um he was very happy with the uh you know news that um that you know the the dress code is is going to be relaxed for mm-hmm. uh for coaches at, in in Orlando so uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just thinking back to, uh, I don't know if you remember seeing, you know, Sean Sweeney, uh, would, would wear these like massive oversized shorts, yes. cargo shorts, uh, <laughs> when he would coach games for the Bucks during summer league. Um, by the way, Bucks were just like always terrible in summer league during the Jason Kidd era, yes. <laughs> which is, which I was, uh, I, I started going, my first summer league was, uh, 2008. I went every year other than 2011 when they didn't have one um, because of the lockout, but 2008, um, 2008 to, uh, man, what was, I think 2016, I think was the last one I went to. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of very casually dressed coaches uh, on the, uh, on the sideline. And I guess we'll see what, what, uh, what we get from here on out, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, be relaxed, but you know, don't don't get too don't get too dressed up. We know that they relax the uh, relax the dress code for players as well, which you know makes sense, right? <laughs> like they're in a quarantine bubble. Like uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. We even need to treat this like you have to be you know wearing a suit uh, to to games and whatever. But um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be different on a lot of fronts and you know, all these little things will probably pick up and then just get used to right away. I didn't even really, I, the, the coaching that the coaches dressed didn't even almost honestly didn't even like really register for me. Um, I did note, you know, pop was, was on the bench, although he was not, I guess Becky Hammond was officially coaching mm-hmm. this one, even though pop was on the bench, but it was amusing to see pop arguing with a mask on and challenging that one, uh, uh, you know, likely, uh, blocking foul on Jakob Pirtle that, uh, that got reversed to a, a charge on Giannis. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, but I feel like I, I acclimated much more quickly to, to just the feel of this than, than I expected. So I think the big thing that we're looking for from these scrimmage games and certainly the preseason games as well, I guess the regular season games feels like preseason for the Bucks, but the regular season games is the starters, who plays when, the minutes loads, as you sort of pointed to. So Chris Middleton and Giannis in this game both played around 21 minutes. Uh, you had Lopez played uh, 18, West Matthews 18, and DiVincenzo 18. So Bud certainly did spread the load. I think we noticed that he generally went to the starters and kept the starters together most of the time. I think that makes some sense when you're talking about the time that they've had uh, off and away from the game, keep that grouping together that are going to be playing the majority of the minutes together once the season starts. The other thing that was notable, and I wasn't sure if you were watching the game live, Frank, so I was going to tweet at you, but early in the first quarter, of course, we saw the all the five-man bench lineup, which we spent a lot of time talking about during the regular season. Obviously, it was expected in this game, but it made me laugh when I saw this. As far as Giannis goes, though, uh, Bud did mention after the game, just as an update, this was one thing that was interesting in the post game that he expects Giannis to play in the other scrimmage games. He said one game he'll probably play a similar amount to, the, to what he did in this one, so maybe another 20-minute game, and then another game they'll decide whether they bother playing him at all. So we'll wait and see uh, what happens there with Giannis, but you should expect him to play in the future. But early foul trouble... Kind of, you know, I mean, if it's a regular season game, I don't ever want to see Giannis in foul trouble, and that can be a little bit stress-inducing. But in this situation, uh, there were some questionable calls. Again, I thought a really impressive dunk uh, that he was called for using the, the off-arm. Giannis explained this post-game that the official said that he uh, defended the guy off or warded the guy off in the face. Giannis said, I didn't even touch his face. I already finished the dunk, and then the guy was right near me, so I just defended myself. So that was his explanation. It was a questionable call, and it was almost like, okay, yeah, NBA basketball's back now. Giannis is getting called for these offensive fouls, but it was an issue tonight. Bud suggested that maybe he's a type of guy that gets to, needs to be reacclimated to how the officials are going to call him, get used to those charge calls, uh, and, and pointed to the fact that he did have some early foul trouble issues failing out with two games earlier in the regular season. So, uh, look, not uh, that critical in this game, in this setup, and it won't be for a little while here. But maybe a positive is that he did have to play with five fouls for an extended period of time and, and managed to not fail out. Yeah. I, it, the thing that stuck out for me with Giannis, I mean, uh, yeah, he took five threes, hit one of them. Um, first two were pretty wayward uh, misses. I think he had an air ball uh, as well. The one three was kind of a, you know, dribbling at the top of the key guy uh, kind of shades off them and he kind of sidesteps into, into a pull-up three, which was nice to see in the second quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, funny to look at his styling, what he was nine out of 13 overall, I think. So uh, eight out of eight on twos and one out of five on threes. Uh, so a very extreme Giannis game. And I, I mean, <laughs> Watch it, and again, not like we were seeing, you know, um, 
the you know 2019 Raptor defense against Giannis or something like that tonight. But um, but man, he is just overwhelming. You know when he is attacking against most NBA defenders, right? I mean that, that that was just the kind of thing that stuck out for me. And he had some you know kind of transition and semi transition opportunities where he just kind of was able to bulldoze his way in when he wasn't getting bad calls uh, called against him. So uh, yeah, I mean you know physically, obviously, just seeing Giannis. I don't know, you know, not not having seen him now for four months. Obviously, we we've spent uh, years now watching him and knowing what he can do, but. Uh, some of the stuff he does that just kind of looks easy for him. Um, I think I think one of the nice things about not watching for a while is it kind of jumped back out at me that he just does stuff that just should not be anywhere near as easy as as he makes it look. So um, so yeah, fun fun to to watch Giannis kind of doing some Giannis stuff, uh, and uh, of course some Giannis stuff also one out of five from three feels like Giannis stuff. So maybe we don't want that type of Giannis stuff um but uh you know it was kind of one of those things what Bucks were 12 out of 40 from three overall it felt like it was a very Spurs Bucks type game because Bucks shoot a lot of threes don't make that many of them uh Spurs just don't shoot many threes at all I think they went to 23 and uh overall you know it just kind of felt like this was a little bit of a math game for the Bucks um where you know they play a team that that doesn't really take advantage of the thing that you can do against the Bucks which is shoot threes uh, you know, we didn't see Patty Mills raining three after three after three as we did when these teams last met in San Antonio. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, not that we put a whole lot into the result, but yeah, felt like a, about the result you might assume from, you know, a game between the Bucks and a Spurs team that's obviously missing with Marcus Aldridge. And, you know, we were obviously seeing, uh, seeing a number of people that, you know, maybe uh, I, I, I honestly say I, I, you know, saw some names today that I was like, did not know that was an NBA player, but uh, you know, so not going to put a whole lot of stock into it, but um, you know, uh, the Bucks just have kind of their, their way out of playing. And I think, I think we've talked about it, you know, especially in these types of games where you're probably keeping things a little bit pretty relatively simple and you're just sort of playing, playing your game. You know, obviously you're not, you know, you're not game planning for the other team per se. Uh, and in the scenario like that, I mean, the Bucks are a team that obviously, their base offense and defense is, you know, they keep it pretty simple and it's obviously been just wildly effective over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, in a scenario like this, not surprising that it would uh, ultimately prove just kind of too much, you know, when you, when you factor in, especially Giannis and the fact that Spurs didn't have any answer for him. Yeah. You touched on the three point shooting. So they started four for 24 in this game and listen, I mean, I, I have caught some highlights of some games and some commentary regarding the standard in the first 48 hours of basketball back. Yeah, unless you're Duncan Robertson, it seems that everyone is a little bit rusty of shooting the ball, particularly from three. So four for 24 uh, from the Bucks, They end up going 12 for 40, as you mentioned just there. Chris Middleton, one for six. Giannis, one for five. Wesley Matthews, 0 for two. Dante, one for four. George Hill, 0 for two. So the guys that you expect to shoot the three ball relatively well all sort of struggled tonight except for one guy and this was kind of pleasing to see Brooke Lopez three for three uh, we know all season long he's really had struggles outside of funnily enough one game in Orlando he shot the ball pretty damn well and he went three for three tonight he was six for seven overall he was able to score in a variety of ways we know he has those slow motion moves 
uh, towards the, the basket as well. Uh, again, like this San Antonio team, I think we confirmed tonight, you mentioned Patty Mills didn't play. He's obviously going to come back in, but I think we confirmed tonight they're probably not going to be a team that's pushing for this play-in tournament uh, to get into the postseason. It, you know, no Lamarcus Aldridge, we know that. But uh, yeah, they, they didn't look great tonight, even though it was just a first-up scrimmage. Uh, and they went with actually a pretty young starting lineup with Lonnie Walker, uh, Derek White and DeJounte Murray as well in there. But Brooke Lopez, listen, if there's one thing we want to see heading towards the playoffs, it's him shooting a, a three-point percentage. doesn't have to go 100% like he did tonight. I'll take it. He doesn't have to do that. But we'd like to see him move up from 29 around to that range he was last year, 35 36%. And, and uh, you know, while everyone else was missing him, he seemed to knock him down tonight, which, uh, as I said, hasn't been the case this year. Yeah, and, you know, I think we had that stretch. I don't know if it was when it was. Was it around the right the All-Star break? Or there, was, there was a little run where he looked like he was starting to find his range a bit and then kind of receded back to uh, to not-so-great territory. But, um, you know, I think Brooke is, is uh, a guy in that Raptor series last year. We kind of left that series thinking, you know, Brooke Lopez probably needs to be one of your, like, key sort of counter moves to – uh, defenses, if defenses find a way to maybe wall off Giannis or, you know, do different things, like especially going small, you know, are there ways to weaponize Brooke um, beyond just having him be a floor spacer? And obviously, first and foremost, you love to see him hitting threes, uh, but certainly, you know, him being involved in, in other ways, whether it as a, as a role man, uh, as a post guy, obviously those are all things that, that he's very capable of and, and can be very effective doing. And so, um, you know, hopefully, obviously, we, we've seen a lot of that this year. I think that's really balanced out um, and offset a lot of his struggles uh, from three-point range is the fact that I do think we've seen a more varied uh, offensive game from him this year in addition to, obviously, the terrific defense. So, um, yeah, shout-out to Brooke. And I think the other, you know, the other thing probably that, you know, uh, just looking at kind of little – moments, things that kind of jumped out, probably, you know, nice to see Chris Middleton and Giannis running a little bit of that pick and roll. Yeah. And Chris, you know, especially in the middle of the floor, um, teams are so wary of, of him being able to pull up and hit that mid-ranger. Um, you know, then he can throw those really nice pocket passes to Giannis as a role man. And Giannis got a couple dunks off those in this game today. So that's something as well, you know, you think about what can the Bucks go to, right, in crunch time and keep possessions when they need a bucket. Obviously, Giannis, Chris, as uh, as a, as a combination, they're two best players, and um, you know they they do obviously work pretty well. You know, you can switch. You know, if you wanted to, you can obviously switch sort of Giannis and pick and roll, Giannis and Chris pick and roll actions. But um, especially now, you know, teams less sort of based around just sort of switch everything type um, type defenses. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you don't do that, and you know, you have guys kind of trying to uh, sort of play Chris to, to shoot that mid ranger and. You know, if you're if you're not really right on Giannis, or you don't bring a third guy over to try to um, snuff out the role, uh, obviously Giannis is is going to be really tough to contain, especially with a great passer like Chris being able to kind of give him the ball in, in good spots. So that was pretty pretty fun to see. And um, you know, Chris, I think what he missed his first four or five shots. You know, kind of came out. I think three of them were threes. Uh, so he was missing early, but then I mean, what I guess hit like four of his last seven or eight shots, something like that. Uh, I think what finished 16 points, something on that order. So, um, you know, again, no surprise that you'd come on your first game overall and not shoot the lights out. Um, so again, this is, you got two more of these games to work out some of those kinks and then, uh, hopefully the quest for Chris's 50, 40, 90 can, uh, can get back on the track.
Yeah, one for six overall. One of those three-point attempts was a, a heave at the end of the third quarter. So, you know, whatever. But uh, you're right. He actually got himself going with a really nice uh, sort of spin move. One-handed floater was an and one. That was his first bucket uh, in the game. And from that point, he seemed to get rolling a little bit. I think the big thing with Middleton that we've noticed this season and towards the end of last season, he's become more patient with the ball. He's a pretty pretty smart decision maker. Five assists, one turnover, as you mentioned, a couple of those passes to Giannis, a couple to Brooke as well. But he also has become, and he's also started to get these calls a little bit more, I think, but he's become uh, really good at drawing the fouls as well. He had another up and under where everyone knows with his back to the basket, he's so dangerous shooting the ball. Uh, he's getting defenders in the air and getting those uh, easy scoring opportunities by going to the free throw line. So to see him get to the line uh, seven times, six of those came, six of those attempts came in the first two minutes of the third quarter when uh, he really sort of got himself rolling a little bit. That was pretty nice to see. Uh, The one thing I will say, Marvin Williams, he's just got to chill out, man. He played 15 minutes. He was three for four from the field, did some nice things. He doesn't need to be diving into the, the sideboards in, in the first quarter of the first scrimmage, does he? I mean, we just need to relax a little bit. We don't need people doing that. Well, and we buried the lead here, right? Uh, job one of all these games, including the, the eight seeding yeah, games, is right. getting through healthy, right? I know where you're going and with so, this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every, every game that we get through and, you know, Giannis, Chris, and all the rest of these guys walk off the court happy and uh, feeling, you know, fine uh that's that's the kind of the most critical thing because because again you just you just don't know and in a scenario like this and the layoff and coming back and and everything just uh you know what what, the odds of you know soft tissue injuries hamstring strains all that stuff you know you just worry that that's all going to be heightened so um to the extent you make through each of these games with everybody kind of you know making it through, getting some, some reps in, doing all that, uh, that, that in itself is, is a victory more, more important than, uh, than the final score for these scrimmages. And I, I don't know, it's, it was weird. I mean, you look at the minute load, it's kind of a, I guess kind of what would you compare this to? Maybe like a, maybe not the last preseason game, but like, you know, the penultimate preseason game or something like that, right? Like it felt kind of like that, you know, guys were, obviously you mentioned Giannis may not play in, in one of the last two scrimmages, but, um, you know, for the most part, we saw the, the normal bucks that were, were all healthy played. Uh, and, uh, you know, if this was a, you know, January game against uh, a weakened Spurs team, I don't know it would have looked all that different, you yeah. know, from a rotation standpoint, um, just because, you know, the Bucks don't ever play their, their starters really tons and tons of minutes. So uh, certainly not, you know, a regular season minute load for Giannis and Chris and, and those guys, but, uh, you know, <laughs> not, not wildly far off either. And obviously in a scrimmage, you're not really worried about Giannis's fouls either. So I, I don't think Bud was, you know, worried about saving him and his foul trouble for, uh, for the fourth quarter, which I think is appropriate. So, uh, obviously we, especially early in the season, we saw that as a common issue fouling out and, um, you know, twice in that first week. So, Hopefully that is not something that uh, that continues, and you know, hopefully the free throw shooting uh, three out of eight also something that we hopefully don't see continue with Giannis. He was doing his five five dribble routine that had been uh, working quite well late in the regular season. So um, yes, hopefully those kinks all get worked out here over the next couple of games. Yeah, Giannis specifically said 
when asked after the game about the atmosphere and no crowd, he said, I kind of didn't notice. Like once we get playing, I'm just, I'm locked in. It doesn't really matter to me, except he said at the free throw line, he really, really did notice how dead quiet it is. So, I mean, hopefully that's something that he becomes comfortable with, but it was interesting that he definitely mentioned that. When we talk about getting through healthy, uh, we, we should mention Thanasis because uh, that, was a, that was a damn scary fall at the end. He hit his head on the floor. Bud said that he seemed like he was okay. He was getting checked out after the game. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think if you were the Spurs, you could probably feel pretty hard done by that that was called an offensive foul. Of course, it was, it was a leveler. Giannis got one early in the game. Uh, nasty fall, though. Pretty scary fall. So it was good to see that he was relatively okay. One last thought on Giannis on the night. He had that one, which I, I tweeted, but I think it's become almost the trademark. Giannis passed the leave your feet, going to the basket. You know that the guy from the corner has come to help there's someone standing in, in the corner by himself. Just throw the ball behind over your head without even looking and, and find the open shooter. He did that to Robin Lopez, who knocked down the three. Uh, it's, it's just become a, a automatic for him. There were some tweets out there that people were saying, oh, no, he's come back with eyes in the back of his head. And it's kind of like, well, he's kind of been doing this, this crazy pass for a while now. I feel like the version of that that I always think back to was one Tony couple Snell? years the triple triple-double? Uh, the one I was thinking of was to Jason Terry in okay. overtime against the, in Toronto. Yep. You know, it was a regular season game, but, um, that, that's the one that I, I just think back to, uh, him kind of, and I don't remember even how exactly it was one of those things where it seemed like there was no way he was going to be able to, to make the pass. I don't know if it was <laughs> over his head exactly, but it was one of those like last ditch. He's going to the baseline and he finds the guy behind him in the corner and, and Jason Terry hit a three. Uh, in in overtime of that game, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, this is it's a, we've we've talked about this, you know, like trying to judge, you know, the Bucks various types of passers, right? And um, you know, we watch Chris, obviously, he's um, become very good at, at his touch, uh, you know, throwing lobs to like Brooke Lopez around the rim, uh, throwing those pocket passes. Um, but then there's Giannis, who's a very different type of passer, right? And he's just become very good at knowing where people are and orienting self as he's doing things on the, on the court and being able to know where guys will be and sort of throwing to spots rather than necessarily throwing, you know, leading guys or something like that. And that was obviously a, a great example. And, you know, the best part, throwing it to Rob until we can get our, uh, our high, high T uh, <laughs> celebration, which obviously we, uh, we've been missing, uh, you know, for four long months without our, our high T celebration, by the way, random, Note, um, you know, you're talking about Giannis's free throw shooting. So, uh, first off, post All Star break, Giannis seventy seven percent from the line in nine games. So that's encouraging. Sixty one percent before the, the All Star break. Um, secondly, uh, you know, you might say, well, you know, you'd think a, a guy who doesn't shoot the ball well, he, he's probably much better at, at home than road, right? Because the crowd is is in his favor. They're not trying to distract him. But Giannis was actually sixty seven percent on the road and. 59.8% at home. So the, the, the quiet gym might work against him uh, as he was sort of alluding to today. Maybe he needs uh, some, some opposing crowds uh, waving and trying to psych him out so that he can focus. Who knows? He uh, most notable, uh, he short armed a couple in a row uh, in the second half, which were kind of painful for me personally to watch uh, even in a scrimmage. But um, again, he's got a couple more games to, to get his rhythm back on that front. I wasn't going to bring it up. So uh, we nearly got 25 minutes into this before you brought up the free throw shooting. So I got to give you um, some credit for that. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see. The Bucks up next. Uh, they're playing Saturday at 11.30 a.m. So when Bud said maybe there's going to be one game that Giannis might not play, maybe he'll give him uh, the early morning game off. But I guess uh, time will tell. Giannis obviously uh, would want to play every game if possible, and they'll have to try and manage him there. We don't know about Bledsoe, as you pointed to. He's down in the bubble now. We'll see. He probably needs to get a couple practices under his belt once he clears that quarantine, you would believe. And Pat Connaughton was tweeting throughout the game. So he was definitely watching. Uh, from all reports, he's doing pretty well and just waiting uh, to pass that uh, that test, get that couple of negative tests so he can get down to Disney as well. So uh, encouraging signs that it seems that everyone is healthy. It's just a matter of getting uh, everyone down there at this point, which is exciting, no doubt about that. As I said, the Kings, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. Frank, it was fun to talk about a basketball game with you. Amen, man. I'm, I'm very happy to not be talking about, you know, <laughs> bubble logistics and COVID-19 risks and all these things that have not, you know, they have not gone away. We, we still need to be cognizant of them. And, uh, you know, at some point we may, I'm assuming it's going to, we're going to have to confront this in some one way or another, but um, certainly it's, it's good to have the main focus on basketball and hopefully everybody out there enjoyed watching the Milwaukee Bucks do Milwaukee Bucks like stuff, which is win and, you know, generally just sort of look like a team that obviously has been uh Really, really good all year, and, and obviously you just hope that uh, they don't miss a beat here, even with four months off. So we'll be back on Monday. We'll wrap up that Kings game and any takeaways there are from that one. Uh, two more scrimmages before the regular season begins. We know the Bucks had the Celtics on July 31. Uh, for all the Brewers fans out there, enjoy the weekend as well. Baseball's back as well. I'll be watching the A's tomorrow. They're on uh, national TV over here in Australia. I'm very excited about that. Stay safe on the weekend. Have fun. And we'll catch you guys next week.